Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you would get your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn with me to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 26. And uh, we will also read from the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 12. Amen. And I will definitely be considerate of the time. I know this is Thursday night. Many of you have school tomorrow, work tomorrow. And uh, I will endeavor to get the will of God done as quick and as soon as possible. I don't feel any pressure of you trying to hurry me. I'm just trying to convince you I have no intentions of taking advantage of you tonight. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. And you know a preacher should never say that, huh? Matthew chapter 26, verse 36 through 40. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go yonder, or go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further or farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What could ye not watch with me one hour? What could you not watch with me one hour? Now one verse of scripture from the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 12 and verse 5. The Bible says here, if thou hast run with the footmen and they have wearied thee, then how canst thou contend with the horses? And if in the land of peace wherein thou trustest, they wearied thee, then how wilt thou do in the swelling of Jordan? Now this sounds like I'm going to preach a very negative message, doesn't it? What could you not watch with me one hour? And if you could not run with the footman, or when running with the footman, it wearied you, how would you stay with the horsemen? But I believe God's going to help us make a, have a positive impact tonight. Amen. And I'm going to ask a question tonight. I believe the Lord wants to ask us a question. And it's something that he asked me just a while back. I felt this question just thud in my heart, and it sobered me, caught my attention. And uh, I believe that there will be a positive response from this question. This question that I'm going to present tonight is not about creating doubt. It's not about creating worry. It, it, it's, it's about challenging our hearts. The question tonight is, and this is from the Lord, can you stay with me? Can you stay up 
with me. Hallelujah. Can you stay up with me? Let's pray God's will be done through the preaching of his word tonight. Jesus, I magnify you. Jesus, I glorify you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, I thank you for the power of truth, the prevailing power of the Holy Ghost. I thank you, Lord, for your voice that still speaks in this hour. I'm God rejoicing for the word that you've put in my heart and in my spirit. Build the faith, the courage, the confidence, and the consecration and commitment of this assembly tonight, O oh Lord God. I believe you to accomplish the fullness of your will. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And everyone said amen. amen. You may be seated. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 3, the Bible tells us that after Jesus had risen from the dead, he showed himself alive by many infallible proofs. He showed himself to have truly risen from the dead in ways that left no question to those who saw him and to those who experienced those moments that Jesus had truly risen from the dead, that his body had not been stolen nor taken away, but he had risen from the grave. He showed himself alive. Everyone say with me, alive. Alive by many infallible proofs. The Bible said that he manifested, he showed himself uh, for 40 days. The Bible said being seen of them 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. We know that Jesus showed himself to Mary in the garden. We also understand by the writing of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that Jesus was seen of Cephas and then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once. And then he went on to say, after that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And so for 40 days after he had risen from the grave, Jesus manifested himself. He showed himself. He let the people know that he was a living Lord and a risen Savior. Hallelujah. He didn't appear to everyone, but there were those in particular that he chose to manifest himself to. Can you say amen? And uh, so the Bible lets us know that as he was manifesting himself to the disciples and to the brethren, uh, there was something in particular that he was doing more than just showing up. But he was speaking to them of things pertaining unto the kingdom. And we know that by the writing of Luke the physician that Jesus began to speak words like this unto them. He said that these words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. And he took time to expound the scriptures and to validate in fact that all of that the prophets had prophesied was now fulfilled in his life and that he was truly the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you know who Jesus is? 
Aren't you glad you believe tonight that Jesus was more than just a good man? And Jesus was more than just a teacher? And Jesus was more than just a philosopher? But you understand tonight that Jesus is the mighty God in Christ. That he was not just a man making himself God, but he was truly God who had made himself man. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. Aren't you glad he's given revelation to you? Hallelujah. And so Jesus was showing up and they could see him. But more than just showing up, he was teaching them. And he was instructing them in giving revelation of the scriptures. But even more than giving revelation of Old Testament prophecies that was fulfilled in him and in his lifetime, he was also giving them commandments and he was giving them a commission. The Bible said that uh, he went on to say, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance... And that repentance, God knows we need to hear a message of repentance in this day. Oh, how our hearts need to be turned back to the Lord. Hallelujah. How we need to seek his forgiveness and turn from our wicked ways. Hallelujah. It's sad, but it's so. But the message of repentance is being dropped in a lot of churches. But Jesus gave commandment to his disciples, said, I want you to go and I want you to teach repentance. I want you to let people know that I've provided a turning point in their life. That through my life and my death and my resurrection, that I am providing an opportunity through the gospel. They can identify with my death through repentance. And they can identify with my burial by being baptized in my name. And they can identify with my resurrection by being gloriously filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, I want you to go and teach an opportunity of change for people's lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to go and I want you to teach repentance. That repentance and what? Remission of sins should be preached in his name. Aren't you glad? Amen. We can have confidence that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Amen. It's one thing to turn to God and say, I'm sorry. It's another thing altogether for him to say, I forgive. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. It's one thing for there to be a record of all of our sins in heaven and God say, I forgive you. I won't hold that against you anymore. But it's something altogether different when he takes the blood and washes it all away and erases it. Uh, you say, what in the world is the purpose of baptism? That's what it's all about, my friend. Uh, amen. Repentance is a turning from sin and a turning to God. It's an asking of forgiveness uh, and God pardons. Uh, but when you are baptized in Jesus' name, uh, amen, that uh, baptism uh, works for the remission of your sins. Uh, well, I'm telling you, it's a beautiful, wonderful thing tonight to know that God will forgive us. Uh, but it's even more wonderful to know he will wash our sins away and clear our record. It's one thing for us to owe a debt and God say, I'll forgive you of that debt. But it's another thing for him to say, I'll pay the debt. I'm not just going to forgive the debt. I'll pay the debt for you. 
Aren't you glad he paid a debt he didn't know? Aren't you glad he paid a debt that you couldn't pay? Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm telling you, Jesus spoke to his disciples and said, I've got some good news. I want you to go tell the world. Hallelujah. I got a work. I got a mission. I'm commissioning you. I got a mighty, wonderful, powerful work that I want to do in your life and through your life, disciples. Can you stay up with me? Can you stay up with me? Can you stay up with me? Hallelujah. And I'm here to contend tonight that we can. And there's times that the question's got a thud in our heart again that causes us to say, Lord, I want to stay up with you. I don't want to miss out on any good thing you got planned for your people. I just got to cut loose and preach a little bit here tonight. Amen, I'm telling you, the Bible said concerning Christ. Amen, in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, that there would be a son born, that there would be a child given. Amen, and the Bible said that the government would be upon his shoulders. Amen, and that government, the Bible went on to say, amen, would increase. At the increase of his government, there shall be no end. That son that we're going to call wonderful counselor, the mighty God, and the everlasting father. His government, the Bible said, of the increase of it, there shall be no end. That means there's a continual forward motion of the work of God, of the will of God. The work of God is never backing up. God's always increasing. God's always doing something. You and I have got to remain committed to being a part of what God is doing Stay in step with the church. Stay in tune with the voice of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 And so he was, he was giving them revelation. And he was giving them instruction. And he wasn't telling them to go to just a select group of people. He wasn't just telling them this is for the Jews only. He was giving them some words that made them a little bit uncomfortable. He said, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. You mean the Samaritans? You mean the Gentiles? You mean those people you told us to stay away from for hundreds of years and thousands of years? Those people that we were influenced to cause us to, to look down our nose upon now? You want us to go sit with them and eat with them and, and this gospel that you're giving to us is just available to them as it is to us? You mean you want me to take this gospel to the whole world hallelujah that's what he was saying if they asked that question back he said yeah you got it you got it hallelujah don't hold the gospel back from anybody I've got a good message of hope and salvation I'm giving to you for the world it's like seed and the world is the field and I want you to go forth and throw it Tell everybody you see, tell everybody you come in contact with, I'm a good 
And if I ever prompt you, if I ever prompt you to go visit somebody, and when I prompt you to go call somebody, and when I encourage you to knock on somebody's door, stay up with me. Stay up with me. I know what I'm doing. It may be down the dark alley. It may be in the country somewhere. We don't know where God's will will lead us. But brothers and sisters, let us remain committed to casting forth the good news of the message of the gospel. Anywhere and to anyone, let's stay up with him. I'm here to tell you there's good news for somebody in this service tonight. You came into this service bound, but you can leave free. There's good news. Amen. You may have lived like a sinner all your life, but you can die a saint. You may have been bound for many years, but Jesus died on the cross and purchased your liberty. There's power in the blood tonight to wash every sin away. There's power in the name of Jesus to remit those sins. There's power through the infilling of the Holy Ghost to make a new creature out of you. way of stretching. God has a way of moving beyond us. We're humans and we're used to limitations. But I'm telling you, God wants to stretch us. God wants to stretch his people. And I want to tell him tonight, stretch me, Lord. Expand me, Lord. Enlarge my heart. Increase my vision. Father God, my knowledge of what you want to do on the face of the earth. Lord. I want to stay up with what you're doing. I don't want to be on the sideline. I don't want to be back. I want to be right smack in the middle of what God is doing in this hour and in this time. And the message tonight is I can. Hallelujah. I can. I can. The work of God is greater than me. The work of God is greater than you. Amen. But the work of God will be done through me. And the work of God will be done through you. And this message is all about encouraging us to let go tonight. And let God be God. Let him remain sovereign. Let him rule this church. Let him reign in our lives. And let him direct our steps. And we just stay willing, obedient vessels to the Lord that knows what he's doing. We don't always understand why he does what he's doing. Amen. We don't understand what he's doing sometimes when he's doing it. We just know he's working. And we're just following his will. But I'm encouraging you tonight. Remain committed to being the servant and let God be God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he said, and ye are witnesses of these things. Then he went on to say, behold, I send the promise. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. The comforter, the helper, the spirit of truth. The leader, 
the guide I'm sending it to you this work I will you to do it's beyond your flesh it's beyond your intellect I'm going to send the promise of my father upon you the enabler the empower amen it's still tonight brothers and sisters not by might nor by power but by my spirit say of the Lord we got to keep ourselves in prayer we got to keep ourselves yielded to the Holy Ghost amen it's not going to be done by wisdom of man it's not going to be done by methods of man amen it's going to be done by the mighty power of God I send the promise of my father upon you but notice these words right here he said but tarry But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Now in Acts it says it like this. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. Now that's familiar words to us tonight. But it jumped out to me when I was reading this scripture again. The Lord said, don't depart from Jerusalem. Now I'm going to tell you, Jerusalem wasn't a popular city to be in at that time if you believed in Jesus. Jesus had just been crucified. And so he knew that there would be a tendency for them to gladly go into Galilee. And not want to show their face in a hostile environment. Jerusalem was, was a city that Jesus just died. This is where he was just crucified. It's where the Messiah just shed his blood. And this would be the place they wanted to avoid. They would be most unlikely to visit or attend. Much less stay. I mean, they wouldn't want to walk back in that city. They are gonna. They want our head too. They'll want our life too. They'll want to destroy us also. But he said, "I want you to go to Jerusalem, and I want you to wait. Don't depart. Stay there." I'm telling you, it takes faith and courage to do the will of God sometimes, and it takes a sure word of God. But brothers and sisters, when Jesus says it, when Jesus leads, and when Jesus speaks, you can bank on it. You can believe it. Obey it. He will manifest himself. When God speaks, commit yourself to his revealed will. Stay up with him. Stay up with him. God, you want me to go there? God, you want me to do that? I feel like running right now. <laughs> Sometimes God will say stay when you want to run. Sometimes God will say love when you want to hate. Sometimes God will say be kind when you want to hurt somebody. I want to learn how to stay up with I'm telling you tonight, the will of God and the word of God will never require anything out of you 
that he will not with his spirit empower you to perform. When he gives you a command, obey it in the face of every adversity. Obey it in the face of every adversary. Do it, amen, with everything that is in you. Do it boldly. Do it courageously. Obey the will of God. Amen. I'm telling you, you will see the glory of God. And he will never require out of you with his word what he will not empower you to perform through his spirit. He'll help us to love the unlovable. He'll help us to forgive the unforgivable. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. When he touches your heart and he talks to you, just say, have your way, God. Jerusalem was the city of Christ's greatest enemies. It was where the murderers lived. Jesus said, don't depart. But wait, that word in the original means stay around. You'll be tempted to go to that city and make a quick exit out of there. He said, but I'm telling you, don't depart from that city. With all the hostile environment that's there, I want you to wait. Stay around because I got something good I'm going to do. I'm going to pour out my spirit. Hallelujah. There is going to be not very long the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And then when Jesus finished these words, the Bible said that he led them out as far as Bethany. He lifted his hands and he blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted in songs. And yet we'll see. He was parted from them and carried up into heaven. The Bible said they worshipped him. They fell prostrate before him. And they what? Returned to Jerusalem with joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just gladly performing the command of their master. Hallelujah. They return to Jerusalem with joy. He's got something great. Amen. They wasn't focused upon the problems. They wasn't focused upon the trouble. They wasn't focused on those that hated them. They were focused on the direct command of God. Jesus said, go to Jerusalem, and he's going to pour out the promise of the Father upon us, and that's all that matters. We're focused upon that. Amen. We're going to stay up with the Lord. We're gladly going back to Jerusalem, and we're waiting. Hallelujah. Amen. And you know the story. The Bible said when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all gathered together in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all of the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it set upon each of them and they were all I've been telling our church in Jennings I'd like to see that again 
I said if he did it once, he can do it again. I'd like to see it again. I'd like to experience it right here tonight where from front to back, side to side, young and old, all are filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. They didn't just feel it. Amen. They just didn't sense it. They got more than chill pumps. They got filled with the Holy Ghost. The power of God filled their lives. The Spirit of the Lord came in and took control of their heart, their mind, their spirit, their soul, their body. I believe there's people in this place tonight, you're hungry for a Holy Ghost baptism. You're hungry for the Spirit of the Lord and the power of God to take full control of your life. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues, with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. There's no way they could have imagined what the Lord had prepared for them. There's no way they could imagine how wonderful, how great, how marvelous, and how transforming that experience of receiving the Holy Ghost would be for them. But they stayed up with him. Hallelujah. Now remember, he revealed himself to Cephas, to James, to Mary, to as many as 500 and he taught them and he gave them instruction but only 120 was in the upper room somewhere somewhere some people got off and that's not what we're focusing on tonight I'm just telling you it happened some folks didn't stay up with it but the good news is there was 120 that committed themselves to staying up with him. Hallelujah. Amen. And the Bible said they were endued with power from on high. They were enveloped. They were clothed with the power of God from head to toe. Amen. In and out of their being, the Holy Ghost consumed them. And Lord, if we've ever had a Holy Ghost baptism, we need a Holy Ghost baptism. Even if we've experienced it before, I believe tonight it would do us all good if God would endue us with power one more time. Move in me, move on me, stir me, touch me, transform me, Lord. sisters I'm just telling you there is nothing that compares with just letting God have control there's nothing like it it's incomparable as a matter of fact it's a safe place I'm telling you it's a safe place when your life gets out of your control but it's in his hands you're in a safe place you're in a safe place when Lord is in control of your life I purposed in my heart that I want to live life to where I can be like the Apostle Paul that says, the life that I now live is not of my flesh, but it is of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. I'm telling you, it's a good life, brothers and sisters. When you give yourself fully 
to the will of God, to the plan of God, to the purpose of God, to the power of God, and the anointing of the Lord. I remember when I was about to go on the evangelistic field, I had another evangelist look at me. He said, he said it's, it's a good thing. Go ahead and get out and do the work of God. Now, I, was, I did it with my pastor's blessings, okay? All right, so it wasn't an evangelist telling me what to do without my pastor putting his blessings on it, okay? That's just an added note there. Amen. But he was encouraging me. He said, get on out there. Amen. Let the wind get beneath your wings. Give yourself to God. Let go. Let God have his way. I'm telling you, it's a good place, and it's a wonderful place. Amen. Not to say there's no tears, not to say there's no problems, not to say there's no burdens, but I'm telling you, there's no place I'd rather be right now tonight than being fully in the hands of God. You know, you know what, what study says in research? Study and research says that if an eagle tried by miracle, Those of you that are in an ACE school, you might have read this in your paces because that's where it come from. If an eagle tried by merely flapping its wings to ascend over a great mountain because its body is so heavy, there's a great possibility it would fall to the ground of exhaustion. But how many birds do we find like that laying around on the ground? It just don't happen. You know what the secret of the eagle is? He uses his strength to get to the currents. And when he gets to the currents, and the current will bring him where he can't bring himself. I said the current will do for him in taking places. He can't take himself. I'm trying to encourage this church tonight. I'm trying to encourage you saints of God tonight. Amen. What do you say? Let's get in the spirit. And when we get in the spirit, when he starts to reveal things, and when he starts to show us things, and when he starts to prompt us, when he begins to speak to us, when he begins to move on us, quench not the spirit. Let it go. And the Peter that denied him before Pentecost, is the Peter that stands up on the day of Pentecost and says, I'm one of them. I've been changed. This same Jesus that you have crucified, he has been made both Lord and Christ. I'm just trying to tell you, the Holy Ghost will empower us uh, to do what we cannot do ourselves. Oh, God, if we've ever committed ourselves to the will of the Spirit, we must do that in this generation. The Holy Ghost anointing is the only thing that will turn lives around. The power of God is the only thing that will transform the heart, uh, change the mind and the spirit. It's not something that we can make happen. we got to let it happen. We got to let it happen. It's not something we force God to do. We yield it into existence. Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 5 and 6. Hebrews 1. I'll get it just the right way. 
Hebrews 1, 8 and 9. The Bible said, but unto the Son, the man, Christ Jesus, the flesh, the sacrifice, unto the Son, he saith, thy throne, O God. And so there is a word that speaks of the deity of Christ. That he's more than just a man. He is the son of man, but he is also the son of God. Unto the son, he saith, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. There's something about letting God be in control because he always will be king. You'll never be an odd man out. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. And a scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. He who bears the scepter bears the authority. He who has the scepter has authority. And so the scepter of the kingdom is a right scepter. Everything the Lord does and says is just right. It can't be perfected. It can't be improved upon. God's will for your life is the best life you could ever live. You'll never find greater joy, greater happiness, greater peace. Commit yourself to the perfect will of God. Under the sun, he saith, thy throne of God is forever and ever. And a scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. A scepter is a symbol of power. Symbol of authority. Say, he who has the scepter has the power. Again. And if the scepter is righteousness in God's kingdom, if there's not righteousness in our lives, we don't have the power. The power of God results in right living. The proof of the power of God in our life is not us being able to say the right things but us being able to do the right things. Because the life that he wills for us to live is greater than our ability to perform in the flesh. The only way we can do it is through the assistance of the Spirit. It goes on to say, Because thou hast loved righteousness. I want to love the right things. Because thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity I'm a, I believe we should always have a right spirit a good spirit I don't believe we should ever be mean, mean and unkind and rude and crude cruel although in my younger days I've probably been there and I may slip one of these days but I don't ever want to do that alright we can't be hateful but there's some things brothers and sisters we must have a holy disdain for Christ was not known just for what he loved. All right? He didn't walk through the temple ever service and rip and tear. And, right? But he did do it. And it's believed he did it more than once. But I believe this, the rarity of it, 
caused it to be more effective when he did it. But he loved, but he also hated sometimes. Because thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. You know what iniquity is? It's the self-willed way. It's the way of self over the will of God. Because thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Brothers and sisters, I want God to help us to resist every self-willed way. Human reasoning will rob us of the will of God. I'm just trying to tell you, we can reason away the will of God, but let us stay committed to what we know. And we know we can't love everything. There's some things we must love and some things we must hate. We must hate iniquity and every evil work. We cannot be a friend of the world. I'm telling you where Pentecost is losing its power. Let me just go on to say, because thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity, therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee. I believe there is a connection with the anointing of God with what we love and what we hate. The anointing is a telltale sign of the revelation of our heart's condition. The pastor already said tonight, if you take away the word, you take away God. God and the word is inseparable. Amen. And when you cease to preach the word of God in its fullness... Don't wonder when God starts departing. When you lose the word, you lose God. I believe there is a love-hate connection with the anointing. My heart's got to love the right thing. And my heart's got to hate the right thing if I want the anointing of God in my life. And I'm telling you, when my heart starts to wonder, the anointing starts to wane from my life. I said, when my heart starts to wonder, the anointing begins to wane and diminish in my life. But the closer my heart is drawn to God, the more the anointing and the power and the hand of God will rest upon my life. I'm encouraging somebody to commit yourself to righteousness. Commit yourself to the known will of God. And whatever the known will of God is, Call on his name and believe him to supply power to enable you to perform that work. If it's doing, believe him to give you the power to do it. If it's waiting and staying where you don't want to stay, believe him to give you the power to do it. If you're in a season of not understanding, you've entered a space where, God, I don't understand what you're doing. But I want you to know I'm going to stay up with you. I'm having to wait. But I'm going to stay up with you in this way. I'm not going to get ahead of you. I'm not going to be behind you. I'm going to wait on you, Lord. Am I being clear enough here tonight? Amen. I may be in a time of suffering. I don't understand why I'm suffering. I don't understand this infirmity. I don't understand this pain. God, I know you're able to take it away. I'm going to stay up with you. I'm still going to trust you. Your world may be falling apart like Job's. 
and questions scream in your mind what I've done wrong. The story of Job is all about not what you've done wrong. You can be a true child of God and your faith can be tested and your faith will be revealed by all that's going wrong as you stay in step with God. You may be a person in this place that, that God is trying to lead you to more truth more understanding, more revelation. I'm just trying to tell you there's a lot of areas that God is wanting to address in our lives tonight of where we need to stay in step with Him. Say, God, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I'm going to commit myself to your will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just have a prayer meeting for a little bit. I, I just want us to pray. Want, do you want to talk to the Lord for just a moment? I got a little more to preach, but talk to the Lord about where you are right now. <laughs> I trust you with where I am, God. I trust you with what you're doing, God. trust you with what you're doing in my life right now. Oh, yes, Lord. And notice the Bible said, the Bible said, because thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity, therefore God hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness. With the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Not everything in the will of God is enjoyable, brothers and sisters. Not everything in the will of God is pleasurable. Not everything in the will of God feels good. But brothers and sisters, may we ever put our hand to the plow and never, never, never look back. May we put our hand to the plow and say through the fire, through the storm, through the wind, through the rain. I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know when you're going to do it. I don't know the manner you're going to do it. But you're going to keep increasing my life. You're going to keep me moving forward. You're going to keep the church moving forward. We have, may have a moment of testing and a moment of trial, but it's never our end. It's just an opportunity for a breakthrough and God to manifest himself in a great way because we're going to keep loving the right things and hating the right things and God's anointing is going to be upon us and the anointing always destroys the yoke. Because you love the right things, you hate the right things, he's anointed you with an oil of gladness. What I'm touching right now is going back to the point that said when we give all to God, let him have his way. There's a joy that comes with it. There's a peace that comes with it. There's a pleasure that comes with it. And said, God, my life is yours. Whatever you do with it. Whatever. I may be crying tears right now. I may be looking for answers right now. I may be on my knees right now.
Because I may be crying right now, but joy is coming in the morning. I may be battling right now, but victory is mine, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because the Bible said of the increase of his government, there is no end. It's just fallen. Hallelujah. 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 I'm trying to encourage somebody tonight. Amen. You may have, in a sense, bumped a stump with your plow. anointing that's resting upon you can keep you serving gladly. I'm just trying to tell you while tears run down our face at times and we scream to God saying, what are you doing right now, God? It don't make sense. There's no place we'd ever rather be than right in the will of God. So it was that the man Christ Jesus may have suffered May have met much opposition. May have had many adversaries. But he served gladly. There was an oil of gladness that was upon him. Everything's going to be all right. In the end, I win. Hallelujah. I want somebody to know tonight that God's plan for your life is greater than your dreams. As much as it that sober touch where we're embracing where we are with God and what He's doing right now. I want you to know that God's got plans beyond your fondest dreams. God's plan for your life is greater than your dreams. And His thoughts are thoughts of peace. His thoughts are thoughts of blessing. And it's never fun, but really in our weakness, his strength is perfected. When he's carrying us, when he's holding us, when he's enabling us to stand when we can't stand ourselves, and all we're doing is holding on to the will of God. And saying, God, I believe you'll move every mountain. God, I believe you'll break every barrier. I believe you'll tear down every stronghold. Is God talking to anybody in this place tonight? Hallelujah. You're holding on and you're weak in your flesh. I'm telling you, God will give you strength in your body. He'll give strength in your mind. He'll give strength in your soul. He'll give you wisdom to know how to deal with the enemy and the adversary. You don't have to let a spirit of depression and a spirit of discouragement settle upon you. You don't have to let the spirit of heaviness remain in your life. Amen. Push it off in the name of the Lord. Let the anointing of God rise in your heart right now. Let the faith of God spring up in your spirit. Hallelujah. And say, I'm going to gladly serve the Lord. I know the will of God, and I'm going to serve the will of God. Hallelujah. Amen. I serve you gladly. I serve you gladly. Why don't you stand with me? Worship the Lord together. Hallelujah. 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 Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. He said, He said in the garden. Stay right here, disciples. He takes 
Peter, James, John with him a little ways and he says, listen, my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Would you watch and pray with me? Would you stay awake and watch with me? And he goes a little further in the Bible. Says, Now I'm telling you, Jesus wasn't a hypochondriac. Jesus was an overreactor. He wasn't an exaggerator. I'm just trying to tell you, when, when, when Peter, James, and John heard him say, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death, it should have affected him. It should have moved him deeply. And when Jesus Saying, not my will, but thy will be done. Flesh is weak, brothers and sisters. I'm telling you, flesh is weak. And sometimes it seems like when we should be our best, we're at our worst. Is that not true? And there it was, Jesus comes back to him and says, What? you understand me? Don't you understand what I said? Don't you understand me? I don't just overreact. I don't exaggerate. Can you see the extremity of, of what I said and what I was experiencing that would cause you to be alert? Could you not even watch one hour? Couldn't it bother you just a little bit? Couldn't you stay up even? I'm not just going to end it negative because God got him back. And my point is, God's plan for your life is greater than your failures. God's will for your life is greater than the weakness of your flesh. You may be overcome by your flesh tonight and have your back on the ground in defeat, facing your greatest shame and embarrassment. I'm here to tell you tonight, just like Peter missed it, but God was able to get him back up. Hallelujah. He was still able to be restored by the power of God and preach the gospel message on Pentecost. Amen. You may miss it sometimes, but let God get you back up again. Let the anointing of God, the touch of God, the power of God. Don't become so overwhelmed by the weakness of your flesh and the inability of your mind and the lack of knowledge, understanding, and revelation you have because it doesn't matter how much you have. God is still the one that's going to do the mighty work in your life and through your life. Let the anointing of God rest upon you. Let the power of God work in you. He will show himself glorious, mighty, and wonderful. Let him pick you up. I feel the encouragement of the Lord right now. Amen. That says, God, I've been frustrated about my own weakness. I've been frustrated about my own lim limited abilities, God. But I, I realize afresh, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, say up the Lord, I'm going to give myself, God, to the work that you have in my life. Let you do with me and in me and through me what only you can do. Can you, just a moment, I had you stand, but I don't want to, just a moment. The scripture I quoted you in Hebrews chapter 1, this is my closing scripture. Hebrews chapter 1. Where it said, unto the Son, he saith, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. That's actually an explanation by the writer of Hebrews of an Old Testament prophecy concerning the Messiah. That's written in the Psalm 45. And so it was fulfilled 
in Christ Jesus. Notice this. In that chapter also, it says, Instead of thy fathers, this is Psalms 45, 16, Instead of thy fathers shall be thy children, whom thou mayest make princes in all of the earth. I will make thy name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore shall the people praise thee forever and ever. He said, in this situation, David, rather than you being known by your forefathers, rather than you being known by Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah, Moses, there's somebody coming through your lineage and your posterity that's going to have a greater name. The future work that I'm going to do is greater than what's ever been done in the past. There's a great Abraham and a great Isaac and a great father and patriarch named Jacob, but there's a son called Jesus coming. Instead of you being known by Abraham, you're going to be remembered as being A son born into the lineage, his name was Jesus, who was the son of David. What I'm trying to show us tonight, the increase of the will of God beyond us. I want to stay up with the Lord. We can't ever let our memories become greater than our dreams. And we must always understand that God's plan is even greater than our dreams. And so God says sometimes uh, you as an individual are not going to be remembered by your forefathers. Although they're great, although they're mighty, you're going to be remembered by the work that God has done through you. Continuing increase through your life. There's some preachers, they're not necessarily always remembered by who their pastor was, but they're remembered by who the sons were that they produced. telling you tonight the work of God will continue and of the increase of his government there shall be no end and every day in every generation through every congregation the work of God will continue brothers and sisters let us stay up with the will of God and the work of God in our generation what all does he want to do I don't know but let's get in the spirit let's go Let's let God be God. Hallelujah. How many's committed to the will of God in your life? Hallelujah. 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 Oh, let's worship the Lord.